0: So today I'm actually going to be talking to you about three key strategies that you need to have in place for optimal sleep. And um, I'm talking about this because this is an issue that a lot of women actually don't associate with hormone imbalances. um, And that is our sleep and our sleep can both cause hormone imbalances and it can be the effect of hormone imbalances. So I'm going to dive into that with you guys. Um, a little bit this evening. Uh, for those of you watching, I'm going to pull up the comments here and just make sure that, um, that I can see the comments and I'll keep an eye on that as we're going through the training. I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I know that all of you are busy. Um, I want to honor your time and make sure that you get some really good information out of this. So, um, so first thing you need to know is that sleep is both has is both impacted by your hormones and will impact your hormones. And so understanding that you're going to be able to put some pieces together, um, and, and hopefully be able to identify if some of your sleep issues are related to your hormones, um, or if there might be some other things going on. And so for women, this becomes really tricky, um, because we do have a lot of different hormones at play that actually will, um, not only interrupt our sleep, but, make it difficult to fall asleep, stay asleep, et cetera. Um, which then of course can impact our hormones later on in the month. And all of my happy hormones, ladies, Um, know that we prioritize the crap out of sleep because it is so, so, so important, not only for our mental health, but our emotional health and our hormone health. So first thing you need to know is that sleep is a 24 hour cycle. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what did you just say? Yes. Sleep is a 24 hour cycle. That means that what you do, what you experience during the daytime will have a profound impact on how you sleep, how long you sleep, um, how rested you feel when you wake up, um, how many of you know that when you have a really stressful day, maybe your kids are acting out or they're having trouble at school or, um, or what have you, um, it, it makes it difficult to sleep, right? And that's part of that is because your cortisol gets elevated, Um, and it takes a while for that to come down, depending on other imbalances that may be happening, um, in your body. And so. When we're talking about your hormones and getting really, really, really good sleep for hormone balancing, you got to understand that it starts with your daytime activities. And so, um, for me, that means that if I'm going to have coffee, it has to be before 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, I will not have caffeine later than that. I typically don't ever have more than one cup a day. Um, just because of what it does specifically to women's hormones, it spikes their cortisol, Um, which can then lead to blood sugar dysregulation issues, a heightened stress response. And then that obviously makes it very difficult to fall asleep. Um, Some other things that, you know, if we're doing them throughout the day that have a pretty big impact on our sleep are our bedtime routine, right? So if we are rushing around the house, trying to clean the house, you know, send off a couple quick emails for work, and then we just climb in bed and hope to just be able to crash and fall asleep. Right. Um, That's not always like our body just can't settle in like that, especially with just how impacted our nervous systems are all day long. Um, Most of us can't just flip a switch and fall asleep. If you're one of those rare unicorns that can actually flip, flip a switch and fall asleep, I would love to see in the comments. I'd love for you to reach out to me on Instagram and say, Hey, that actually works for me. Um, but most of us, we can't do that. You might notice that your spouse, your partner, um, your male partner is able to do that. But for women, that's typically not the case. And so um, and so, we actually have to create patterns or routines and actually train our body to go to sleep. Very similar to what we do with our children uh, when we are wanting to train them um, to go to sleep. We give them healthy habits. We create a routine around bedtime, you know always a bath, always brushing your teeth, always reading a book, et cetera, that actually trains your brain and gives you those nice, healthy cues that, Hey, it's time to slow down and rest. Um, I'm super curious for those of you either watching the replay or joining me live. Um, how many of you have a horrible habit? I, I would say moms are typically the worst at this, uh, cause we don't get a lot of downtime during the day. So, so how many of you, you lay in bed, And maybe your husband's reading a book or what have you, and you're just scrolling, you're scrolling TikTok, you're scrolling Instagram, you're scrolling Facebook, you're trying to close out some emails, you're trying to finish up some work for the day. And, and you're just scrolling and all of that light is getting into your pituitary gland, your pineal gland and stimulating your brain to say, Hey, it's still awake time. So we're not going to shut down and go to sleep. And then we wonder why it takes us 15, 20, 45 minutes, two hours to fall asleep. Um, and that's because we haven't created a routine to actually do that. So I'm going to share some practical strategies on how to optimize your sleep at the end of this training today. Um, But I wanted to actually talk about some factors that influence sleep and how to identify them. So um, so the first one, I know know that you've heard me mention cortisol several times um, already just in the last few minutes. Um, And so cortisol is produced by your adrenal glands. Your adrenal glands are these uh, two little walnut shaped glands on the very top of your kidneys. Um, And they're responsible for a lot, but they're primarily responsible for managing um, cortisol and cortisone production throughout the day. And what that means, um, it's actually responsible for producing cortisol at nighttime as well. But um, what that means is that, that it gives us energy throughout the day. So your cortisol for women, it should spike about two hours after you wake up in the morning. It should slowly come down throughout the day and then kind of Flatline um, at the end of the day throughout your sleep. Um, now, most women, I can tell you, just from reviewing, you know, all of their their hormone lab testing, they either have completely flatlined, where they get no cortisol peak in the morning, which means they wake up, they're not rested, they're fatigued all throughout the day, um, and then they crash, you know, in the afternoon. Or we have cortisol that peaks and then it never comes down. And so there's just this heightened state of anxiety all the time. And that, of course, is going to interfere with your sleep because of how cortisol interacts with your brain chemicals. It interacts with specific neurotransmitters, specifically GABA. Um, and GABA is what helps us to calm down and go to sleep. It helps us to feel balanced. It helps us to feel level-headed. And so if we're in a constant state of anxiety, it's eating up all of that GABA, and then we're actually not able to sleep, um, which is a really big problem. So, so cortisol issues now, um, very few women don't have some level of cortisol issue going on in their body. Um, just because of the high stress in environment, high stress, uh, lifestyle that we tend to lead. Okay. And so with that, Um, we, what we're doing throughout the day, how are we managing our stress? Are we aware of what is stressing us out? Um, and then are we doing something behaviorally to modify that stress? So those of you that are watching, I would love to hear in the comments, what are some things that you can identify as your stressors throughout the day? Um, and I'm going to share with you some things that people typically don't identify, but are stressors. So these can be things like constant notifications going off throughout the day. Um, these are things like, you know, if you have your email set to instant notifications and your Instagram and your Facebook and your text messages sent to instant notifications, then you're just constantly bombarded all day long and your brain and your body don't actually get a rest from that. Um, so that, especially, you know, I would say for women in their thirties to forties can actually be, um, enough of a stressor to trigger a cortisol response. Um, there are other bigger stressors, you know, like being chased by a dog or getting a massive bill in the mail or what have you. Um, but the reality is that most of us, it's just these little micro stressors that are coming in that are actually increasing our cortisol. Uh, one of the other things that, um, a lot of women don't realize can actually increase their cortisol is infections. So inflammation in the body and infections. So we've actually seen, um, on numerous Dutch hormone panel, uh, which is the only lab testing, the only hormone lab testing that I do in my practice, um, that if there is some sort of bacterial overgrowth, like SIBO or Lyme disease or mold or uh, parasites, even that will cause enough inflammation in the body that the body begins to believe that they are in fight or flight. Even if like your life is fairly okay, you're, you know, your stressors, you're, you're okay. Like there's not a whole lot going on there, but um, your body doesn't know that your cord- your cortisol specifically says, "Hey, we actually are feeling this stress from inflammation, and so I'm going to produce more um, of this, you know, this hormone to downregulate the immune system." And over time, the adrenals get burnt out, which can lead to insomnia, fatigue, irritability, uh, sluggishness throughout the day, et cetera. Is this making sense to everybody so far? Okay, so. Then what begins to happen, um, and I've seen this happen quite a bit, um, specifically with women who maybe have, um, more of a history of disordered eating. And now when I say disordered eating, uh, what I mean by that is there is a very large spectrum within disordered eating that can be, uh, you know, anytime that you have done calorie restriction for a prolonged period of time, um, even I would say so far as keto and intermittent fasting, uh, for a lot of women that has the same physiologic impact as dietary restriction. And so, um, so those kind of things can actually, they can mess with your insulin, which will then mess with your cortisol. And so for those of you, if you're like, I've been doing keto, I've been doing intermittent fasting, I'm sleeping terrible, and I'm not able to lose weight. You got to look at your cortisol because, um, that could be a key factor in why you're not sleeping. Um, I would say this is also true for women who, um, you know, if you notice that you're, you've been having trouble sleeping. So of course the go-to the safer go-to is melatonin, right? Everybody knows about melatonin and it is a fairly safe. um, It's a fairly safe hormone. However, Um, it typically is not addressing the root cause because most people don't have a true melatonin deficiency. Um, what they do have, however, is, you know, like I said, cortisol or insulin spikes. Um, and so basically you're kind of trying to override, um, that dysfunction that's going on in the body instead of actually addressing it at the root. So making sure that we are thoroughly addressing those cortisol and insulin responses is key. Um, the second thing, especially for women, excuse me, who are, who still have their menstrual cycle, they are still cycling even if it's slightly irregular and you're kind of heading into perimenopause um, that will influence your sleep, and that is low progesterone. And so, and this is something I have never once heard a conventional medicine doctor talk about, but it is well documented in literature, and that is um, changes to your progesterone, um, specifically around ovulation and right before your period um, that will impact those happy brain chemicals that you've got going on in your brain that we need to sleep. Okay. So when those, uh, when progesterone dips, actually, I'm going to back up. So progesterone, if you think about it is a building block for other essential hormone processes. And so when we don't, we already don't have enough progesterone for a lot of reasons, um, that I went in, went over in the masterclass last week, but I'm not going to spend a ton of time on tonight, but when we are low in progesterone, we don't have the essential building blocks that we need to then build other essential hormones, um, specifically melatonin, GABA, serotonin, etc. And so then what happens is you might find yourself three days before your period. Like, why can't I sleep? I'm wide awake. I'm having more anxiety than normal. Um, And same thing for around ovulation. Why can't I sleep? I'm wide awake, you know, and it's that, that same cycle that's happening, but it's actually caused by low progesterone. And the solution is not supplementing with progesterone. It's identifying why your progesterone is low. To begin with, because for a lot of women, it's low um, due to gut inflammation, it's low uh due to low amino acids. Um, there's a lot of different reasons for that. And so when we address that root issue, then your body starts making progesterone on its own, and that resolves the sleep issue. So knowing what the issue is that's contributing to your sleep problems is really the key. Um, and I would say this is especially true because I hear a lot of women say, I've tried magnesium, I've tried GABA, I've tried melatonin, none of it helps. Like I just, I just can't sleep. And that's because we haven't actually identified the real issue that's leading to the sleeplessness and the irritability or anxiety, um, at specific times of the month. And so, um, the three things that we're talking about today, just for those of you watching is the factors influencing sleep for women are mainly cortisol, insulin, and low progesterone. Um, now I want to talk about cortisol and insulin for women who are menopausal or postmenopausal, um, because this is something I, I shared on Instagram earlier today. This is something that actually gets missed nine times out of 10. So most of the time, when women come to find me, they've tried everything else. They've been working with their general practitioner. They've been working with their OB. Um, they've done hormone replacement therapy. Maybe they've had a hysterectomy or a couple other complex medical issues in there as well. Um, but the the root issues have not have still not been addressed. And one of those is that what looks like low estrogen with night sweats, hot flashes, insomnia is nine times out of 10, not low estrogen. It's actually low cortisol. And so when we do something like the Dutch hormone panel, um, we review, you know, that 21 page report, that beautiful report that gives us an amazing picture of what's going on in the body. Um, when we review that, we actually see that there's a dysfunctional cortisol pattern that's leading to the hot flashes, night sweats and insomnia. So if you are a woman who's in that age range and you're having insomnia, the first thing that you want to actually do is start tracking your symptoms. Um, and so you can just write this down on your notepad. Number one, start tracking your symptoms. If you don't know what to track, then I want to invite you, um, into the hormone wellness Academy. The hormone wellness Academy is our monthly women's coaching coaching program, um, where we actually teach you, um, how to track your cycle. Yes. Even if you're menopausal, there's still um, very specific symptoms that we want you to be tracking. And then we work with you one on one to identify what pattern is going on in your body. What is that telling us about your root causes? And then what do you need to do to fix it? And so you can actually get into the Hormone Wellness Academy for just $7 for your first month. Um, and then it's $47 a month after that if you decide to continue beyond that point. Um, I will drop that link um, in the comments below. Um, And in the Facebook group, for those of you who are on the zoom right now, but identifying your root cause, identifying what the pattern is that's going on in your body is actually going to be key to you getting breakthrough in your sleep. And so, um, so that can start with just a simple journal, you know, like day one, day two, day, day three, marking down. Um, those symptoms. If you are menstruating, however, you want to make sure that you're tracking that along with your other hormone symptoms. Um, We have a very in depth, very specific tracking guide that we use that is based on clinical research, um, that actually shows us, you know, these very intricate patterns that are going on in the body. So, um, so knowing what the issue is, is really what leads you to resolving it. Um, because you really don't want to waste a whole bunch of time, you know, on magnesium or GABA or, you know, nervous system tonics like valerian, or, um, there's a couple other ones out there. Um, unless you know what's going on in the body. So really understanding, you know, am I having these symptoms just around ovulation? Am I having them just before my cycle? Am I, you know, in that perimenopausal range? And so I'm having them all the time. And I, I don't know where to start. Um, knowing kind of where you are on that spectrum and you can let me know, you know, as you're watching this, where you are on that spectrum where you kind of are in that age range. Um, will be very helpful in you identifying, uh, and, and resolving the issue. And then of course, you know, we can't leave, uh, these calls without talking about, uh, practical steps, right? So these are things that everybody benefits from everybody benefits from these kind of sleep habits, because when, um, when we create a routine before our sleep, it allows us to rest And it allows our body to heal. And that then spills over. Like I said, that 24 hour sleep cycle that starts in the daytime, what you do in the daytime is going to spill over into the nighttime. And so some practical things are, um, obviously more sleep before midnight is always better. Um, you end up getting quite a bit more physiologic rest um, before midnight, um, then after midnight. Um, the second thing is creating that, that healthy routine at bedtime. And so that would be, you know, an hour before you get to bed, even if all of the things on your task list are not done, um, setting a timer and saying like, Hey, it's time to start that bedtime routine, wash my face, brush my teeth, turn down the lights. Um, so that you're, it's going to start signaling your brain that it's time to go to sleep um, and just creating a very restful atmosphere. Um, now for those, you know, the women that are in the happy hormones program, or even in the hormone wellness Academy, we talk a lot about um, the obstacles to sleep. Um, and this is especially true. You know, if you have younger children, teenagers, et cetera, Uh, spouses that work different hours, or maybe they come home really late. Those are some things that you're going to have to work through and identify what is the obstacle to me getting to bed? Is it my own ideals? Is it my own, um, wanting to get more things done? Like what, you know, what other things are contributing to me not prioritizing getting to bed on time? Is it because I haven't actually had a break throughout the day? And so I want to stay up, you know, scrolling Facebook or whatever. Um, those are all valid, but then we can't be upset that we didn't get good sleep. Right. Because we chose not to prioritize something. So, Um, so if you need help identifying that you want to hop in, you know, into the hormone wellness Academy and get in for the $7 for your first month, then I would invite you to join that now. Um, some other things that can help obviously at bedtime are, you know, relaxing bath, um, throw in some essential oils, some Epsom salts, um, that can be very, very, very relaxing. Um, and then just get right into bed. Don't, Do other chores. Don't clean your bedroom. Don't do like the other stuff that is really not beneficial uh, for your sleep. You got to prioritize that because I promise you, once you do, it will start to shift to the daytime where you're feeling more balanced in your energy. You've got your cortisol under control and your insulin is going to have a much better time regulating itself. So I hope that this was beneficial. I promised that I would keep it short and sweet tonight. Um, I'm going to, like I said, drop the link in the comments to join the hormone wellness Academy. Um, and I hope that this was very beneficial and helpful. I would love to hear in the comments, what tip or strategy or piece of information was the most helpful for you. And we will be in touch.